Welcome to today's episode of the Support Insights Podcast. I'm your host, Bryony Mulkern, Community Manager at Centresum. Today, my guest is Svetlana Gaunt, Customer Support Excellence Team Lead at Miro. Putting their customers at the heart of the business is so important at Miro that they have an entire team dedicated to doing just that. Svetlana will be taking us through how the CS Excellence Team is segmented to best support wider departments and the practicalities of how the team provides a centralised view to connect initiatives. Hello, Svetlana. Thank you very much for joining me on the podcast today. Hi, Bryony. Very happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. No problem at all. Would you mind giving me and the audience a little introduction on yourself and your role at Miro? Of course. So I've been at Miro for one year. Actually, it was my one-year anniversary last week. And I joined as the lead of Customer Support Excellence. So this is a team that used to be part of customer support. It kind of grew naturally from within support around three or two and a half years ago. And when I joined, the decision was made to move this team under the revenue operations umbrella. So now my team is a part of customer experience operations. It helps centralize the efforts for kind of managing revenue operations in different teams that are in some way related to revenue. So CX specifically is doing the support for customer education, customer success, and support. So I'm taking care of the support part. And the three major functions, um, or maybe even four major functions that my team has is operations, which is everything around managing the tools, systems, maintenance of existing ones, as well as implementation of new tools that are support specific. Then the other part is enablement. This is onboarding, everboarding, which is what we call the continuous learning and yeah, filling in any knowledge gaps, training, coaching about support for other teams and for support itself. So this is not only for the agents, but also making sure other departments know what support does and how to work with them. Then another one is program management. It's the function that helps align the projects in different parts of support because we have hubs all over the world and also align with stakeholders. So really kind of making sure the role of support in cross-functional projects is is played and then the support is not forgotten whenever there are like big projects happening. And then there's the strategy part and that's mostly what, what I take care of. And that's building the headcount plan, the capacity plan for the future, thinking about what's next, what are going to be the priorities, the objectives, organizing planning sessions for the leadership team in support and making sure that we are being efficient, sustainable in our processes and being prepared for the future. Yeah, wow, that sounds like such a a thorough setup. I love that. And it's super interesting to me that you said it sits under the umbrella of revenue. That's interesting. That kind of says to me that, correct me if I'm wrong, that Miro sees support as a revenue driver. Yeah, that was one of the things that really stood out to me during during the interview process and especially knowing that it was moving from support to revenue. It's almost like a sign that support plays a very important role in revenue, in customer retention, in how we take care of our customers having great support for the users is it's something we, we can't always measure the impact, but we know for sure that the great CSAT score that we have in support is something that plays a very big role 
in the renewal process. So we have colleagues from the GTM, from the go-to-market teams, asking us for information on the tickets for their customers, asking for metrics so they can actually show during the renewal process that, hey, look at how the support team is performing, look at how the users from your company are getting supported. And for sure, like what you said, Miro does see support as a way of driving revenue. And that made me very happy when I when I joined as well. Yeah, that sounds absolutely fantastic. And what you've just said there is so, so key that things like CSAT scores, although you can't directly measure how that contributes to revenue you can have a look at that and compare it to things like renewals with those customers and see that correlation so that's absolutely fantastic that's something that you guys are super aware of in terms of the the sort of wider department structure then at Miro where does the CS excellence team fit within sort of other departments and how did that even come about developing this team yeah very good question maybe it's worth mentioning what are the key stakeholders for support in many companies at least in my experience, support is a little bit isolated. It's kind of the reactive function that just answers customer tickets and requests. One of the key stakeholders we have is the help center team. We collaborate very closely to make sure that the information they built can help us really deflect tickets and customers can find their answers themselves. A lot of Mural customers are quite technical. I say customers, but I mean users. That's something I had to adjust to this year because in uh, Autrium, where I worked before, we were calling them customers. But in Miro, they are users. They are quite technical and they are very happy to find answers themselves. So we really try to make the instructions, the, the knowledge materials very user-friendly and readable. We work closely also with the education team there are certain courses that we built together to help, again, customers like kind of solve their issues on their own if possible. And then I also mentioned that we get requests from GTM, from customer success. So that's another big area where we collaborate and make sure that we are kind of involved in not every step of the customer journey, but in more steps than just answering their tickets. So support data and the ticket data is used, like I said, in the renewals process. And when yeah, having conversations with customers, we also have premium support for some of our enterprise customers where we provide additional services where customers can schedule a call with us to discuss specific issues. So that's one of the biggest ways we collaborate with customer success, for example, and, and sometimes with sales account executives that makes total sense and the fact that you have a premium support function just shows again reiterates that idea that support can be a revenue driver and is a huge value center as opposed to sort of a cost center as some other companies might treat it absolutely yeah so you were previously at Oatrium and you were actually a guest on our podcast with Ben, the previous host. One of the things you spoke about on your episode was how you would put the customer at the heart of everything that you did. What did that actually mean to you in your department? In Oatrium, it was all about making sure other teams are aware of what support does, what impact it has on the customers and actually drawing the insights from customer support, the, the gold mine of insights, as we like to call it, and as you like to call it too, and, and bringing it to other departments. So customer centricity is the reason that I am in the customer support world. I 
feel like it's very underrated how empowering it can be and how important it is to build those relationships with customers and how they pay off in the long term. So customer centricity still is something very important. And when I joined Miro again, it was amazing to see how it's really just part of the DNA. Every single team in Miro puts the customer in the first place. It's always, what can we do to, to make sure the customer actually sees value in this? There's a lot of A-B testing. There are a lot of experiments to see if, if this works, if this is really bringing the right results. And the feedback is also analyzed. So there is sort of a, a centralized funnel of feedback about feature requests on the NPS comments. We also have a community forum where insights are drawn and support is part of that. So this is more qualitative. We have SME functions, subject matter experts in support who work very closely with product teams and make sure that the customer, basically the customer interests are taken into account and they are, they are so protective. It's incredible to see how this culture of defending the customers is so strong in support and it's always been that way. And yeah, the company went through a gigantic growth period during COVID and it's a different company now. It's a really huge, big organization, but this customer centricity stayed. It's really one of the values that Miro has. One of the values is impact. So making sure we have an impact for the customer and also empathy is another value. So the empathy for, for the customer and also for each other is so important. And yeah, it's it almost sounds cheesy, but it's the only place that I've worked at where the values are really lived by. It would be impossible to live by our values without putting the customer first. Oh, that's so lovely. And I think that that does absolutely ring true as someone who's used Miro from the other end. It's such a powerful tool. There's so much you can do with it and so many like amazing, complex looking things that you can build. But yet it's so simple and it's so easy and intuitive to use. So that really speaks volumes to the fact that you guys are always considering the customer in everything that you do. Absolutely. It always amazes me how complicated and simple Miro is at the same time. It's one product, but it's used by so many different actually personas. So we, we did a really interesting workshop recently where we reviewed the four Miro personas. I won't go into detail, but there are program managers or product managers to like creatives who build their designs in Miro and analysts who build the requirements for dashboards and things like that. And we tried to see what does perfect customer support look like for each of these. And it was really interesting. We did it in, in groups. Everyone had their own breakout session. And when we came back, we realized that actually all of them have the key drivers of great customer support is the same for all groups, for all personas. And we built our strategy for this year based on that workshop. So really going from the customer perspective and then seeing what does the business say? Does it fit in with our strategy of, of other departments? And then kind of yeah, like I would say filtering everything through how great support is supposed to look like for, for our users. That's excellent. And I can't wait to hear more about what that strategy looks like. So when we last spoke, one thing that you said to me that I wrote down immediately was that something the CS Excellence team does is it 
provides a centralized view to connect initiatives, which sounds super interesting. You've mentioned that the CS Excellence team is made up of several different sort of segments, if you like. Would you mind giving me a bit of an overview of what the actual practicalities, like the day-to-day -day looks like of providing that centralized view to connect initiatives? Of course. So the context of this is that the support team is spread across the whole world. There are six hubs now, and there are around 50 agents. And each of those hubs has a team lead or even a few, depending on the size. And it's impossible to have actually a moment where everyone is online at the same time because of the time zones. So it was really key. And this is honestly something we're still figuring out. We don't have the answer to everything. This is a new way of working for me. I don't know if there's a really a great way to align people in all, all different places in the world on the same mission. But what we do is we have quarterly leadership offsites where we meet together, or maybe sometimes it's not possible quarterly, then it's every half year, but we meet in one place and we have this three or four day workshop. Actually, one of the things we did was look at those personas and then see what the customer needs are, what the user needs are, and then build our strategy for the next period. So this is a way to centralize the initiatives among the leadership team and support. And then they, of course, bring it to their teams. And we do have space for almost everyone in support to work on projects, to make an impact. So it's not like you're just expected to work on tickets. Everyone has the chance to fix what they don't like, basically. You know, either we hope that people love what they do. And if they don't, that they, they have a way to change it or, or some, they can do something about it. Another key thing here is the tools. We experiment with a lot of different tools, collaboration tools. Miro, of course, is a huge one. It's really great for collaborating across time zones. We record talk tracks for each other. We record Loom videos to have a more personal approach, not just everything in writing. We also use Asana to manage our projects. And mm -hmm. this works really well. This is one of my new favorite tools mm -hmm. to, to make sure everyone is on board and everyone knows what they have to do. So yeah, tooling, aligning leadership is really important, making sure all the leads are on the same page and they have a moment to not just get told what they do, but together build what they're going to do next because that gives people so much more motivation when they're part of the solution and they're not just being told from the top like hey this is our strategy and then the last thing is even though i work most of the time with the support leadership with the head of customer support my manager is actually in the in the revenue operations team and cx operations and so I have regular meetings with the CX ops team. It's really interesting to, to know what's happening in customer success and make sure that we align our strategy. So yeah, nothing out of the ordinary there. It's really just meeting each other. Nothing really replaces face-to-face -face communication. And like the last thing I'll just say is another one of Miro values is collaboration. Of course, it's a collaboration tool. So I remember in my interviewing process, this word was used more than any other. And I... Didn't really believe it was possible, but the way to connect initiatives and projects and people is by collaboration. And the way that looks like in Miro is you will very rarely hear someone say, this is completely outside of my scope. Like, 
I'm drawing the line here. Obviously, it's very important to define scopes between teams, but people are so happy to help each other and to connect, to solve issues together. So there's like a motion of prioritizing. Is this really important for us? Does this really bring value? And if it does, we're going to bring many people together to bring their ideas and work things out. So yeah, this kind of the value of collaboration also really helps kind of glue things together and make, make sure that teams are yeah, working together. Yeah, you've just made so many super excellent points there. And it's one thing to have values on things like collaboration. But with so many companies being remote now, what that actually looks like isn't always optimal. But Miro have found that way to enable that, even with global teams, even with people who are spread out between different countries, because they recognize the importance of that time together. And I think that's that absolutely screams that they do care about their values that they have. Yeah, and you raised the topic of many companies being remote and every company now has at least a part of their work done remote a few days a week or some people or some contractors. So we're kind of in a whole new era of working and Miro is really trying to be like an innovative force and how do we work in the future? The biggest difficulty for me with working remotely and I feel like this is a challenge for many companies is... Yeah, building the connection, which you can only have face to face. So like I've personally been experimenting with other ways to build that connection. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Doing voice recordings in Slack or short videos or talk tracks, something that makes people maybe hear your voice is a whole different way than just typing out the message. So that's my kind of approach. And recently I posted a really big message in in Slack about a new process and I didn't get any reactions and I was like, what's going on? And then someone told me very openly, like, could you maybe do this in a video or, you know, some kind of interactive format because it's exhausting to read this text. (laughs) So having that feedback from the team is also so important because you do things so that they're useful, not just for the sake of doing them. So yeah, that was an interesting kind of learning for me that You just have to try other formats. You have to try different ways. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that honesty as well, that your colleague was able to just say to you, this is exhausting. (laughs) Please do it. (laughs) That's a great thing in Miro that you're free to experiment and people will really tell you their honest opinion. I love that. So a huge achievement at Miro, which you mentioned briefly earlier when you said about, you know, tying things like CSAT to revenue is that you have, a really consistently high CSAT score. I believe you said it's something like above 97%. Yeah, it's around 97 plus minus. I don't think it ever goes like below 96. At least I, I don't remember it. So that it's is. extremely high. Yeah, Yeah, that's brilliant. What do you think you would attribute that to? Oof, I have some theories, but I don't know for sure. I think the people are incredible. They care so much about providing the right solution and really going on the journey together with the user to kind of understand what they're struggling with. The hiring process at, at Miro is really special. I don't want to sound kind of arrogant, but <laughs> I think really like the best people in Miro are selected. You really have to prove that you're ready to go above and beyond for the customer. And that doesn't mean yeah, working over hours or mm. really like going outside of the work-life balance, but it means being able to prioritize 
and, and putting the customer first. And every single person in customer support goes through a special test, not only about their hard skills, but also their soft skills make sure they're a match. And I would say the people are the biggest contributor to the CSAT. The support leadership is also amazing. The head of support has a very clear vision about what he, what he wants the team to look like, and he constantly iterates on that. So it's extremely important to be adaptable in this time. So we basically review the CSAT score very often. We, we look at what the people are saying and make sure to adjust our approach. To be honest, I'm like... I'm, I'm shocked myself how high the CSAT score is and how consistent it is. We've been really afraid that we might lose this motion as the company gets bigger, as the team gets bigger. So we've developed sort of a, a few methodologies to help us maintain the consistency and make sure that we can take those best practices and the, the most beneficial parts of our processes and build a methodology. So we've actually launched in the last few months, we've launched a few new methodologies around how do we contact the customer, what are what is the checklist of things that has to exist in the communication, a methodology about troubleshooting. This is more for the technical side to make sure the agents don't forget anything, to make sure they can provide the full answer to the customers. There's a methodology around escalations internally as well as to other teams to make sure we basically have the, the fastest solution and quality assurance. So we launched a new tool for, for QA and a new process, how to do the reviews to make sure, again, that we are consistent. But yeah, the CSAT was really high even before we, we launched these methodologies. So I think it will just help make sure that we don't lose this, this great motion. What's fascinating to me out of what you've just said is that you have this really, really high CSAT score. 97% is something that a lot of businesses would just like strive to achieve. And you've done excellently that you have it, but then you're here saying, I'm terrified of losing that. So even though you've got this amazing high score, you're not slowing down anytime soon because this is the standard you want to keep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a North Star metric for support. It's the metric that, all the other teams look at. It's the reason no one in Miro worries about support. We are such a reliable team and our CSAT score is really something that is part of our DNA again. Like it's almost part of the identity of support. Last year we decided to outsource a part of support and to sort of separate the activities into really yeah, manual, let's say simple, simple to solve types of requests, which went to our outsource team and then to centralize the more high value adding activities internally and also to give people internally a chance to develop their skills more and to be specialized in specific areas of the neural product. And we were really worried that this transition would impact the CSAT score significantly and it didn't. So we were, we were really happy with that. We were happy that we were able to maintain that culture and that special something, that special approach. And now we see that our, our CSAT score is, is still just as high as it was. Yeah, which just goes to show the effect of actually living and breathing your values throughout an organization. Yeah. I find it really interesting that you just said that other departments really care about CSAT score. Because I've heard the opposite being said, where people have said to me, oh, you know, CSAT is a CS metric. Don't talk to other departments in terms of CSAT because they don't know about it. They don't care about it. But your other departments, they do. 
Yeah. Yeah, it was like this when I joined. I think it's 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 a great success of again the head of customer support who is a very I would say non-typical customer support leader. He is so collaborative and he works so closely with other teams and he talks about support and he kind of promotes the great successes of the team to a lot of departments. So I would say everyone in Miro knows what CSET is. Everyone knows that we have a specifically high one. So yeah, that that's also something I guess I take for granted now, but you're right that not, not every company really has that approach. Oh, I love that. At Miro, you have this fantastic setup where customer support is super, super valued by all other departments, which is brilliant. But unfortunately, not every organization has that. So how would you recommend other companies to better connect their customer support with other departments and initiatives? Yeah, that's a great question. One of the biggest things that helped us is building dashboards we built a lot of different dashboards in the last year. A lot of them were for internal uses and kind of slicing the, the support data per segment, per a region, looking at the different areas. And this is data that a lot of teams ask us about. And another big thing was we created dashboards for the GTM, for go-to-market teams and for customer success. So they can actually look at the support tickets per customer. They can filter on their specific customer and see how many tickets were raised, what was the CSAT score, what was the average handling time, what were the customers asking about, what were the subjects, so they can even deep dive really into the tickets. So that's kind of managed a lot of questions we used to get by Slack. They can now go and self-serve using those dashboards. So that's a big win for us. Another thing is centralizing customer feedback. This is so important. I think we're not quite there yet with the support feedback. We have a lot of feedback shared through our subject matter experts who are the experts in a specific product area with their counterparts, with their kind of colleagues in the product teams. But there are there is a lot of different customer feedback from a variety of areas that is centralized in, in one tool, and that's used for making decisions or at least for yeah, verifying if the priorities are the same. So I think there's you know, uh, business goals and business strategies that we have in place. But the thing is that things change very quickly and it's important to filter those through what the customer needs are at the moment. So that's where customer feedback is so important. And I would say another sort of piece of advice is really finding the right moment to outsource support. In our case, it helped give the internal colleagues, internal support teams a way to focus on what really matters for them and focus on specific areas and really yeah high level activities and projects so this yeah empowered them to build more relationships and be more visible in the company that sounds like some fantastic advice there and i particularly like what you said about sharing the feedback that's relevant to the customers now because when you try and retrospectively report on what customers have been talking to you about you might end up looking at data that is months old, especially with things like NPS, for example. So you're not really capturing a real-time look at what customers are wanting and feeling yeah. and thinking. So it's great that you do that. Yeah. So what do your plans for 2023 look like then? Yeah, great question. So we have the biggest direction is about differentiating our support as we are also 
noticing how the different segments of, of Miro customers are, the needs are changing. We have some huge enterprise customers, for example, whose top priority is privacy security of their data and the type of requests they have, the type of support they need, the urgency of support they need is, is different from like end users who have a self-serve account. So there are a lot of projects around differentiating support, making sure the premium support is something that is adding a lot of value for the customers and for Miro. We are working on having a live channel for premium customers. So that's something that hopefully will come later this year. Another important thing is differentiating support for the type of users. We have almost a 50-50 split between admin users and end users. And they obviously have a very different level of technical expertise and also expect different support. Like you're not going to go through all the details and all the different help center articles with an admin user. Most likely they already read those things. They've looked for the answers. They've tried to deep dive on the issues. So they expect maybe a higher level of expertise and really kind of jumping on the issue with them. So that's another direction we want to go in, in that differentiation. And then the last thing is really learning to work in this new new environment, in the new macroeconomic environment, learning to work in the blended model, as I call it. So having an outsourced team and having an in-house team, understanding what exactly are the scope scopes of those teams. How do we measure their success? How do we make sure the collaboration is, is efficient? This is still a new thing for, for Miro. So we are, we are learning it and we're being very adaptable and taking every month as basically an, an iteration and a moment to reflect and improve. Speaking of reflect, it's worth mentioning that like retrospectives are something we do at every stage of every project, every quarter, every, sometimes every month, every team does a retrospective to see what worked, what didn't work and what we want to improve in the future. So yeah, I would say differentiated support is, is a really big one. Lastly, I'll just mention that there's a project around customer experience offerings, and it's really important that the support part of that is kind of aligned with the rest of the business. And what we can offer to the customers is aligned to what other departments can offer, like customer success and sales. So I think there will be a lot more collaboration with the GTM team, with the CX team. So that's what the next year holds for us. This year, actually, we're already in 2023. Yeah, coming to the end of Q1, which is terrifying, but that sounds super exciting and I can't wait to see more about it. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Svetlana. I've really enjoyed learning about your role, about the CS Excellence team and about how things work at Miro. It sounds like a really fantastic customer-led place. So thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me and for the really thoughtful questions. I really enjoyed answering them and also kind of reflecting for myself on how we've, yeah, how we've built the support excellence team and how we've supported the other departments. So thanks.